I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Good afternoon, Barry. It's Women's History Month, so I can't yell at you. Oh, wow. That's great. Thanks, Matt. Even though you had International Women's Day one day last week, that should be all you get. So (laughs) we hit midnight, then you turn back into a rat. Cool. Thanks, Matt. (laughs) Well, we got a lot of good shit on the podcast for you today, and I'm about to tell you all about it. Because we're starting off with Worst Things First, where I put on my best NPR voice and then yell a bunch of shit about trash people doing trash things. After that, we got a deep dive for you because it's March. And you know what that means. March Madness. This year, instead of making a bracket that predicts which basketball team would win the ultimate pie-eating contest, because I assume that that's what all the ruckus is about, we're going to make a bracket of hot guys and predict who will win my hand in a hand-to-hand combat to the death. We're picking the best man there is. The ultimate. And then he wins my hand in marriage. And on top of all that, we're going to have Guy Branham on the show. He is a comedian, writer, host of Talk Show The Game Show on True TV. We have an interview and a special game of Bowl of Shit Talk coming up. So get ready for the ride of your life. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first, where I give you the worst news first. First up, a woman in Ohio was casually driving down the road with her mom, munching on cashews, as you do, great, great car food. And then suddenly, she felt something hard in her mouth. What? Guess what it was? What? A bloody tooth. Ew, why was it bloody? (laughs) And not like British, like, a bloody tooth. No. (laughs) It was a tooth with blood on it. Anyway, she went to the hospital, and the hospital was like, yep, that's a tooth with blood on it. And then she freaked out, and they treated her for exposure to bodily fluids. So then she contacted Kraft Heinz, which is the conglomerate that owns all of our nuts and they sent a courier to collect the tooth. Postmates. <laughs> I just love that. They sent a courier but they would not say it was a tooth. They insisted on referring it to it as a foreign object that they're now investigating. I I just want to know I, you know the second she found that tooth she was like jackpot. Yep. Millionaire. <laughs> she was not like oh a tooth. She was like Fucking, yeah, house in Cabo, strippers everywhere, just raining down bloody tooth money on all of them, snorting cocaine off their dicks with her <laughs> bloody tooth money. <laughs> Next! Give me an M! M! Give me a U! U! Give me another M! M! Give me a P! P? Give me an S! Why? What's that spell? Mom! No! <laughs> Because thousands of cheerleaders in Texas were exposed to the mumps. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're all waiting to see if they're going to die. Well, probably not. Because mumps won't kill you. Probably. In Texas. Maybe. Mumps might kill you. Sadly, this is not the plot of the straight-to-DVD Bring It On 4. Um... 23,000 cheerleaders were in Dallas a couple weeks ago for a national championship. And someone with the mumps traveled from another state to the event, exposing everyone to their fucking bloated salivary glands. Because that's what the mumps are. It's that disease where your cheeks get all puffy like a basset hound, and then they have to tie a cloth around your head like a babushka. (laughs) Can I say that? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you can, Matt. (laughs) 
And now they're all waiting for it because the incubation period is like four weeks. So if you're exposed to it, you have like four weeks to tell if you're going to get it or not. It could take up to four weeks to like manifest in your face. So now they're all figuring out if they're exposed or not and they're infected. This is exactly how the zombie apocalypse starts because some motherfucker is like oh i have a virus let me get on an airplane go to an airport walk through tsa take a shit in the toilet at the airport just expose everybody their filth then go to a cheerleading competition where they're just projecting everything all the time like their spirit yeah their spirit and their fucking virus ridden saliva (laughs) Like, of all competitions, cheerleading is the one where you're most likely to get spit on. Also, who gets the mumps? <laughs> <laughs> like, how how prevalent are the so mumps? So, 1900. Next, Cuba is under attack from invasive snails. <laughs> Giant snails are taking over Havana. Havana. More like Havana. Oh, oh no, no, no. The snails are, they're giant African snails. They could grow up to eight inches long and weigh one pound. That's like a dog. Basically, they're an invasive species and they're just gobbling their way through Cuba, eating leaves, flowers, and bones of dead animals. Also, they made their way to Florida, obviously. <laughs> Only in Florida! <laughs> Because if I'm a disgusting snail, where do I want to live? Florida. Next, a woman in Georgia was convicted for running over her sugar daddy after he wanted to stop spending money on her hero. If he <laughs> if he cuts you off, that's a deal breaker, ladies. You cut off his foot. <laughs> Run him over with your car, which is exactly what she did. Um, <laughs> so... The man was referred to by authorities as, quote, a dapper retired engineer in his 60s, just ripe sugar daddy material. And the woman met him at Walmart, which is obviously where one would go looking for a sugar daddy. Mm, Yes. Right? That's where you find them. And they started going out for like a week. And by the end of the week, the man was like, nah, I'm not having it anymore. And he asked her to leave. And she was like, fine, I'll just drive away. And then she started pulling out of the driveway and he was standing there. And then she <laughs> just went back in and hit him with the car. And then he flew up onto the hood and then she backed up and he fell on the ground. And then she ran him. <laughs> yes. And like maimed his legs. The best part about the story is that she was captured the next day and authorities said she seemed to have no concern that his legs were crushed and kept referring to him as what's his name. (gasps) (laughs) That is cold. (laughs) You break a man's entire body and I refer to him as what's his name. Hero. Anyway, she's spending 15 years in jail. Next. Uh... This is a crazy story from CNN. A man in New York tried to plan a hit on his noisy neighbors, and it all went south. Here's what went down. So there's this guy named Joel. Joel? Joel. 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 Planned a hit on his neighbors from hell. So, a former tour bus driver named Joel was angry at his rowdy neighbors, and they all complained to the superintendent. All of him and his neighbors were like, these people got to go, and the super didn't do anything about it. So Joel was like, I guess I only have one solution. I should hire a hitman to kill the super. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, his... Crazy ass solution was I'm gonna kill the super because and then we'll get a new super who will kick the people out. <laughs> so he goes to his friend and he's like, I need to find someone. Turns out his friend was an FBI informant. <laughs> so the the friend was like, I'll get you a hitman for ten thousand dollars. And he was like, sure. It's not a very good friend. Which, by the way, if you have ten thousand dollars, fucking move. <laughs> Don't kill the super of your building. (laughs) Get a new apartment. (laughs) So halfway through, they're setting up this hit. He decides, I can't kill the super. That's wrong. I'm going to kill the neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then at one point he loses his job and realizes he doesn't have enough money. So he's like, now we have to kill a gas station attendant. This is all real. (laughs) He's like, we're going to kill this gas station attendant in Staten Island. Then we can rob his gas station for $12,000. And then I can pay the hitmen to kill my neighbors. (laughs) Oh, boy. <laughs> and the FBI informant the whole time is just like, yep, yes, yep. Finally, the FBI informant went to him and was like, we killed the gas station attendant. You got your 12 grand. Let's finish this and kill your neighbors. But before they did it, they were like, guess what, motherfucker? I'm an FBI informant. Bam! And now they got him on three counts of murder for hire. What an amazing story. Only in New York, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I... You know, a part of me is like, this man is insane. Yeah. He's filled with rage. Yes. And he should have spent his $10,000 on like a spa day, you know, and then he would have felt better. Yeah. The other part of me is like, New York is crazy. All of my neighbors are fucked. And if I had the chance to murder them and get away with it, like, I would. Would you rather ask your friends to help you move or ask a hitman to kill your neighbors? (laughs) I don't know. One, you have to buy them pizza or some shit. The other, you have to pay them $10,000. Finally, mail time, mail time, mail time, mail time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to whack my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! Nickelodeon announced that they are ordering 20 new episodes of Blue's Clues, and now they're holding an open tryout for Steve, the guy. I could actually see you as Steve. I don't think so. I'd be like, listen up, motherfuckers. (laughs) Blue is fake. (laughs) (laughs) If we spent less time dicking around and more time focusing on the mystery of the week... That we'd find it faster instead of talking to the condiments on the table. Oh, let's talk to the salt and pepper and paprika. Didn't salt and pepper fuck and their child was paprika? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How does that work? I think they should pick the new Steve like they pick the Dalai Lama. Like, you have to wait until the signs reveal itself. You have to do a (laughs) nationwide search across Tibet. (laughs) Go to the lake, pray, and then he'll you'll find him. Don't hold an open tryout. Then you get any motherfucker. No, you need the spiritual successor to Steve, who is, I'm pretty sure is like a rapper now. And that's it for Worst Things First. Next, grab your brackets and pencils because we're about to dive deep into a bunch of battling hotties. Bears. Ham, mud wrestling, hand-to-hand combat. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, it's March, motherfuckers, which means one thing. Shamrock shakes at McDonald's. <laughs> And also, it's almost springtime, which means all the hotties are getting ready to take their meaty thighs out for me to ogle at. (laughs) So while the rest of America is talking about basketball or whatever, I decided to schedule some appropriate counter-programming to March Madness called Hot Guys March Madness. This is the ultimate contest to find out who is the hottest, strongest, most gentle love mate of them all. Which hot guy will reign supreme over my horniness, our collective hearts and boners? We're going to fill out a hot guy March Madness bracket. If you want, you can pause this episode right now, go to Twitter, find the bracket that I'll tweet out, and you can fill this out before you listen and then see how correct your guesses are against my official proclamations. Whoever wins, wins the ultimate grand prize, my hand in marriage, and the right to father my children 
to put your babies inside of me. So let's get going. This is Hot Guy March Madness. Are we ready? Yes. Round one, we're going to start off with 32 of the hottest hot guys that I could think of off the top of my head. (laughs) The list of 32 men has been randomized and assigned an order from one to 32, and they will be competing against one another from round to round. Each round will have a question to help us pick between the two of them. Round one, 32 will enter, 16 will leave. The round one question, which man would fight off a muscly bear to save me, an innocent princess? Our first matchup, Joe Jonas versus Matt Bomber. Who would save me from a bear? I think Joe Jonas. Yeah, I'm going hard Joe Jonas here. Is all for show. And Matt (gasps) Bomber. He's got the muscles. He's got what it takes. Maybe I just don't know who Matt Bomber is. Um, The godliest god that ever existed. More like Matt Boner. Yes! <laughs> um, oh, looking at Matt... Okay, yeah, no, no, no. He would win. But I I'm, I gotta be honest. I put Joe down. Gotta stick with Joe. Well, you're wrong. I know, but I wrote in ink, <laughs> so I can't erase it. Of Joe Jonas and Matt Boner, Matt Boner has the biggest muscles... I feel like he he would do it. He would do it right. Oh, what has Joe Jonas got? An underwear campaign and some oils? No thanks, Joe. You're not even the best Jonas. If a bear walked into the Jonas household, you know who he would kill? Kevin first, obviously. <laughs> but then he would kill Joe, and then Nick would have enough time to escape through a window. So fuck Joe Jonas. Matt Bomer wins. Next, Ryan Gosling versus Jake Gyllenhaal. Aren't they the same person? (laughs) This is confusing. Um, I did see Ryan Gosling in an Italian restaurant one time, so he does get points for that. But when it comes to fighting off a bear, Jake Gyllenhaal. Next, Sterling K. Brown of This Is Us and Jamie Dornan of Fifty Shades of Grey. You have a loving father and a billionaire S&M addict. I mean, whips and chains may help in this situation. However, I feel like the love and protection of a father is going to translate into protecting you from harm. Whereas I think the other guy, he'd just like run away and fly away on his private jet. That's true. Yeah. He doesn't know how to fight a bear. No. He's too delicate. Yeah. He is, he's used to all of his fancy assistants doing everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can whip someone in your fancy S&M room. But when the real trouble comes, a bear in our cabin in the forest... I don't think he'll be able to do it. Sterling K. Brown can do it. This next one's tough. This next one is tough. And when the algorithm put them together, it pained my heart. Harry Styles versus Shawn Mendes. Twink versus Twink. (laughs) You know, I gotta gotta say, a bear in this situation would probably maul both of them. (laughs) But if I had to pick... I think Harry would whip it out in this situation. You know, I think Sean Mendez is he's still a child. He still has growing to do. And Harry's all man from the chest down. Next, Zayn Malik versus Daniel Radcliffe, two British beauties. The boy who lived versus the boy who got away. I think Daniel Radcliffe. I put down Daniel too. Zayn is too precious. He's too pure. Daniel Radcliffe, he's gotten into a few fights. Next, Alexander Skarsgård versus Taylor Lautner. This is difficult for me because both were a part of my sexual awakening. Here's the thing. I want to say Taylor Lautner, but I feel like Alexander Skarsgård would work his Nordic magic and kill the bear using only his nymph mind. Next, Kit Harrington versus Tom Hardy. I feel like, according to the game, you have to pick who would kill the bear to save me. It's Tom Hardy. Next, Idris Elba versus Michael B. Jordan. Here you have more young and lithe versus the more stately Idris. If you've seen Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan is, like, scary muscly. <laughs> like, he he could kill a bear with a look, with a glance. So, it's Michael B. Jordan. Next, Chris Evans versus Milo Ventimiglia. 
from This Is Us. I think in this situation, killing a bear to save me from danger, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Rami Malek of Mr. Robot versus Nick Jonas. Rami, Mr. Robot. See, I think he always has suspicious. He wouldn't even be in the forest with me. He'd be gone because he would know that the bear was coming and he'd get himself out, which is smart for him. But I need someone who will kill a bear for me. And you know who would do that? Nick Jonas. And then he would take off his shirt and pose for a gay magazine. And then I'd hate it even though I'd buy it. (laughs) So Nick Jonas. Next up, Chris Hemsworth versus Chadwick Boseman. Marvel off. Thor versus the Black Panther. (sighs) My usual instinct would be to go with Chris Hemsworth because he's a giant Australian who would save me. But after seeing Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman could fuck it up. Chadwick. Next, Henry Cavill versus the other Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth. Not the other one who's on Westworld, because <laughs> there's even more How Hemsworths there so out there. so many of them? Because they're Australian, that they breed like spiders. Um, in this case, Liam Hemsworth displayed his weakness by going back to Miley Cyrus against my better judgment. So I'm going to have to go with Henry Cavill, Superman. Next, Joe Mangiagello and versus Robert Pattinson. There's just no competition. <laughs> Robert, am I right? <laughs> no. I honestly I could beat the shit out of Robert Pattinson <laughs> and I'm the weakest person I know. Joe Mangiagello, he could take off his shirt and the bear would be like, "I give up." <laughs> so, Joe. Next, David Beckham versus John Krasinski. What an odd pair. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad for John. Are you kidding me? David Beckham is a pretty boy. He can't do anything except wear a very tight pair of pants and kick a ball. John Krasinski, have you seen him lately? He could do it. Next, Channing Tatum versus Oscar Isaac. You know, physically, I think they could both kill a bear. Yeah. I think Oscar ekes it out because he could serenade the bear also. Mm. He would do it. It would be a dance. It Mm -hmm. wouldn't just be a kill. Finally, Zac Efron versus Prince Harry. I don't know. I don't think either would survive. (laughs) (laughs) They both would get killed by the bear. Yeah. We could just award it to the bear. I'm if I have to pick, I'm gonna give it to Zach Efron because he, against my taste, has gotten scary hulkish. Mm. Like stronger than a bear. It scares me. Have you seen him shirtless lately? Of I course. have every day. Also, genders can't win fights, so Zach Efron. All right, round two. Our round two question is who would win in a hand-to-hand mud wrestling fight? for my love. This is not against a third party threat. This is against each other. (sighs) Let's get into it. Round two, Matt Bomber versus Jake Gyllenhaal. Who would win in a mud wrestling hand-to-hand combat? In this case, I'm giving it to Jake Gyllenhaal. Matt Bomber is probably musclier, but in a hot gay way, not in a practical way. So Jake Gyllenhaal. Next, Sterling K. Brown versus Harry Styles. Sterling K. Brown, there's not even a contest. I'm so sorry, Harry. We love (sighs) you so much. I love him, and I will watch as he breathes his last breaths, inhaling the mud that Sterling K. Brown is shoving down his throat. (laughs) But it's Sterling K. Brown. Next, Daniel Radcliffe versus Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, God. I think it has to be Alexander Skarsgård. I know. Daniel Radcliffe is like three feet tall. I know, but I do feel like he would use that to his advantage and just like go for the legs a bunch with Skarsgård and like maybe be able to get him on the ground in that way. Also, I think Alexander, I think Alexander Skarsgård is like so beautiful that Daniel Radcliffe would just look at him and be like. He'd get distracted. Yeah. It'd be a nice last image though. Oh, yeah. I wish that's the last thing I see before I take my final breath. Anyway, Alexander Skarsgård, our Icelandic queen, wins. Next, Tom Hardy versus Michael B. Jordan. I think it's going to be Tom Hardy. Wow. 
He's his own Marvel character, not a side character. Sorry, Michael B. Jordan. You had your boxing movie, but Tom Hardy wins this one. Next! Chris Evans versus Nick Jonas. Chris Evans, obviously. Next! Chadwick versus Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill would win in a mud fight. Ah, uh, he's not winning. He has the thickest chest of anybody I've ever seen. He's not going to aim for the chest. <laughs> it's not the only thick thing. He has thick thighs, a thick jaw. He's too thick. A thick mustache that cost a studio millions of dollars to cryogenically remove. I pick Henry Cavill, and that is it. Next, Joe Mangiagiello versus John Krasinski. Oh, poor John. Poor John. But yeah, Jim Helpert's smug glance at the camera is not going to help you here, John. Joe Mangiello did it. Manginiello. And finally, Oscar Isaac versus Zac Efron. Um, I probably think Zac Efron would win in a mud fight, but I think I'm giving it to Oscar Isaac anyway. Because <laughs> he would turn it out. I believe that. Round three, our top eight. The question is, which man would bake me the moistest chocolate cake to steal mine heart with? Match one, Jake Gyllenhaal versus Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Sorry, I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal knows his way around an oven. Uh, Next, Alexander Skarsgård versus Tom Hardy. Who would bake a cake? I think it's going to be Tom Hardy. Have you seen the pictures of him with, like, a dog and his nudes? Talking about cake, am I right? Tom Hardy. Chris Evans versus Henry Cavill. Chris Evans. I want to say Henry Cavill personally, but he's British and I don't think he could bake himself a cake. He has butlers for that. Chris Evans, he's put his dick in a cake before. Chris Evans wins the round. And finally, Joe Manchiniello. And Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yet again. I know, but imagining Joe with an apron, I feel like he really would just like do such a good gentle job of like making sure that each ingredient is measured out just right and he'd put it all together. And I think he'd do a really good job. I think Oscar might get like, he might mess up and then he'll get like a little bit angry and then he'll just get really frustrated. I don't think Joe gets frustrated, you know? You know what? I agree. You've convinced me. Oh, my God. And I love Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I think he'd do a great job, but I do think Joe's cake would be moister. So we'll give it to Joe. All right. We got our final four. Sterling K. Brown, Tom Hardy, Chris Evans, and Joe Mantelgiello. Our final four question is, which man can carve me a ham? blindfolded with both hands behind his back. Also, he should be able to season the ham and baste the ham and cook the ham or any kind of holiday meat. Really, it's just the ability to make me a meal that is important, but also the hands behind the back thing. First up, Sterling K. Brown versus Tom Hardy. Here's my ruling. I think Sterling K. Brown could bake a better ham. I think Tom Hardy can do it with his hands behind his back. There you go. Because that man has been tied up. So let's, we've all seen the pictures, all right? And if you haven't, Google it. Next, Chris Evans versus Joe Manchigilello. Who can carve me a ham blindfolded with their hands behind their back? The werewolf from True Blood or Captain America? I I feel like I'm going to give it to Joe because he's Italian, I'm guessing, based on that name, which I can say because I'm Italian. Also, like, he just seems more, like, of the earth. Like, if he were blindfolded with his hands behind his back, like, he could just assume the form of, like, an eagle and then carve the ham with his beak with his manly beak. Joe. It's Joe. Finally, our final matchup. This is the final 
countdown. Ba-da-da-da. Which one is hotter? We don't know until we get the question. The final question, the most important question of all, the question that will determine which man wins my heart and dick is which man is able to crack a walnut clean in half with only his butt cheeks. Tom Hardy, Joe Manchinello. I think we know the answer to this one, ladies. Joe Manticello is the winner of Hot Guys March Madness. I did have him winning, so. Congratulations. Thank you. I I got like almost everything else wrong, but he just wins. I would not have expected him to win when we started, but I accept his hand and his walnut cracking ass. Let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Manticello. He can crack the walnut. He can bake me a ham with his hands behind his back, blindfolded. He could bake me the moist cake. He could win my hand in a mud wrestling contest. He can kill the bear. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Manchinello is our pointer, the hot guy who will rule them all. Sorry, Sophia. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. I'm glad we finally got to the bottom of which guy can get to my bottom. Speaking of bottoms, next up, we got a fun interview and a game with our guest complainer, Guy Branham. And I'm only saying that because we spend most of our conversation talking about gay porn. So let's just continue this conversation right along. Our guest complainer today is Guy Branham. Guy is a comedian, writer, host of his own TV show, talk show, The Game Show, season two of which is now airing on True TV. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, Guy. Good to be here. Thanks for coming. It could be cooler. (laughs) We were just talking about WeHo, Uh West Hollywood, and how some people think they're too good for it, some gays... A lot of your thinking gays want to let you know that they would never live in West Hollywood, that they need to be in Silver Lake, that they don't want to go out to bars here, that they only want to go to Akbar, if that, if not the Eagle. Uh, and it tires me. Yeah. It tires me greatly. Because they're not. Nobody is better. No, because it's super fun here and the bars here are fun. And, oh, God forbid you have to mix someone uh, with someone who doesn't have, like, a job as a copywriter. Like, um, I just feel like it is a bunch of ways that gay guys are trying to let you know that they are not shallow. But they're all shallow. We're all shallow. They're just – the thing that they're not admitting is they don't like being – where the dumb hot people, like they want the dumb hot people to like them, but they are scared to be in a bar where uh, the attention is going to dumber, hotter people right. than they. Right. It's how I feel about following uh, hot gay people on Instagram. It's like, I'm I'm not better than that. I'll do it, and I do it. It's wonderful. It's beautiful to have a glimpse into their lives. And like, um, there's that moment at the beginning of um, Twelfth Night where um, Orsino says, if music be the food of love, play on so that, like, I will get sick of it and not love anymore. (laughs) And the thing is, is I feel like following hot, dumb people fills you with what their lives are actually like, and you'll eventually be like, oh, that's boring. (laughs) I Um, need this. Yeah. Uh, And just pretending like you don't care It's stupid. I want to know everything that goes on in the life of people who are working out twice a day and consuming too much protein. That is what they do. That's all they do. I know. And eventually you realize it's kind of boring. Yeah. But if you allow it to have like a patina of mystery to it, then you're just going to think that they're cool and like maybe they have really interesting opinions about the Middle East. Right. And some of them do, but not a lot. (laughs) I would like to meet some guy who works out at Gold's, Mm -hmm. um, and who is regularly posting Instagram videos of himself jumping up onto very high things to show how powerful his glutes are, who has a four-state solution to Iraq, (laughs) who has a four-state answer 
to dividing that country up in a way that is equitable and reasonable. Right. We've already gotten our venting going, but we you usually start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Um, the um, British indie rock band Radiohead, I will say. <laughs> Not a fan of Radiohead? No, I find it boring and tedious. I don't want to know about Radiohead. Um, and look, I am older than you. I am a member of the Generation X. Okay. And most of my... 20s to 30s were filled with people having very responsible taste in music and asking me what my taste in music was. I'm I'm tired of more than I'm tired of Radiohead. I'm tired of people talking about Radiohead. Sure. I'm being proud of themselves for talking about Radiohead. I would say in a more sort of like philosophical sense, I don't like it when people like things because they are proud of themselves for liking it. Yeah, that is that gets to a larger truth. Because I, I feel like Radiohead is perhaps a larger part of the universe that you're in than it, in mine, because I feel like I never hear about Radiohead. Well, time has moved along, and I have been vindicated by time. <laughs> right. Um, right. You, I think my, I'm, I'm hope that my generation is, is living out your dream of pushing Radiohead into obscurity. Look, I'm still around. <laughs> um, but now no, that you're well, dead, I, you should rest, rest in peace knowing that they're gone. Um, you have been very vocal about your dislike of Jennifer Garner. That's true. <laughs> I hate Jennifer Garner. And I'd like an explanation. Uh, I'm not defending her. I'd first like to say, everyone I know who has had a personal interaction with Jennifer Garner says she is wonderful. Okay. Like, yes. my friend Art, while she was on Alias, he, the production offices for them were very near where he worked. She, like, randomly emptied up in his office a couple of times, and she, like, always remembered his name and stuff like that and things that you could never expect from a celebrity. Right. Also, fuck her baby voice. <laughs> fuck her stupid baby voice. Like, she's just always trying to give you such an image of, like— 13 Going on 30. 13 Going on 30 is the worst fucking movie. It's gross. But she never stops doing that. When is she not giving you that fucking baby voice? And I hate somebody— who is behaving as though, like, they are what a person should be, what a woman should be, like, that there is nothing dangerous or controversial about them. Like, the thing is, is that 15% of the time, Sandra Bullock's going to tell you something you don't want to hear. I want that because I know that that makes Sandra Bullock an honest human being. Right. But with Jennifer Garner, I have serious concerns that there's no there there. Yeah. Have you heard Sandra Bullock say something? Um, I mean, I'm just working from, like, tone of voice or stuff. But, like, the thing is, is <laughs> okay. when she goes on a talk show, she, like, pushes back about stuff that she wouldn't want to talk to. Right, right. So she's got a lot of opinions about the local restaurants in Austin. I'm sure she has a thing or two to say about what went on with Jesse James. You know, where Jennifer Garner, I feel like she would always be the most circumspect and responsible in her discussions of her relationship with right. Ben Affleck. I was on the phone with my mom the other day, and she was explaining a, a commercial that Jennifer Garner is in, where she's in a library. And Those uh, commercials are so bad. <laughs> she was. My mom said there was this woman who was wearing so much makeup, and I thought that looks like Jennifer Garner, but it, I know it's not because she never wears that much makeup. But then I realized it is Jennifer Garner, and I was like, you know, even when it looks like Jennifer Garner's not wearing makeup, she's wearing a shit ton of makeup. But that's the thing, that that image of, like, I'm just like you. I'm just like a simple gal. It's very put on. I don't want stars to be just like us. I do, however, want the Us magazine page that's called Stars Are Just Like Us because I do want to see people leaving Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, just stressed out. Yeah. I, there's nothing I relate to more. There's an image that I've seen on the internet of uh, Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette and, like, his stomach is hanging out and he's just standing in, like, an alley just, yeah. like, seconds away from bashing his head into a wall. And see, I relate. I See, I like that because I like seeing people who were once sexual ideals being taken down. Like, I like <laughs> seeing the cracks. Right. But I need that to be contrasted with sort of, like, an element of perfection. Mm -hmm. Also, can I say, to you as a young person, and this is getting away from the complaining. This is just now me talking to you as one generation to another. Okay. The greatest satisfaction you will have in your life is searching on social media for people that you had crushes on 10 to 15 years before and seeing them not hot anymore. <laughs> oh, it is beautiful. I can enjoy in that. I'm not 
15 years old. Yes, it's true. But, I mean, as time goes on, like, there's something that's so sad about it because you wanted to believe that the fact that they were able to book the role of Hercules on a Disney cruise meant that they were, like... <laughs> yeah, that's not a, nothing. Yeah. I mean, uh, an inviolate Greek god. And now they're just, like, pushing papers at some office in Minneapolis. It, you know, it's pretty One sad. of the people that I had a crush on in high school um, ended up doing gay porn. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Oh, that is wonderful. Not in high school. N- not, uh, no. He, yeah. he, it was years later. Um, uh, but... He wasn't good at it. Oh, no. And so it was sort of that gratifying. It it was like, okay, you were technically hot enough to get in the door, but not so hot that you were actually good at it. Uh, Like, do you you have the chops? Like, can you? (laughs) Right, right. Uh, You can pull down your pants, but can you take it? (laughs) And he could not. One of the best things about being in West Hollywood is the fact that, like, with a little ingenuity and reliable Wi-Fi— you can get the dick photo of anyone you see. <laughs> and it may require, like, knowing the right people. It know, may require knowing the right search terms. But there was this guy who would show up to... Um, there was a Starbucks I wrote at every day. And um, he would show up, and I just thought he was the most beautiful and perfect thing ever. And I loved him, and I worshipped him. And I, like, knew his name somehow. And one day I finally just, like, Googled him. And then it was like... Oh, he did Randy Blue under another name. <laughs> and, like, I had a Randy Blue membership that they gave me for free because I mentioned them on Chelsea Lately. Sure. So I was just able to go on, watch his three videos, and, like, be done. It, like, the relationship right. was over by that point in time. Randy Blue, for the straights listening, is a gay porn website. Um, yes. So now you know. Can I can I give my explanation of what Randy Blue is? Yes. Okay. If there is ever elected a United States president who is a former gay porn star, it will be from Sean Cody. And Randy Blue is the next whitest thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. A lot of the, the, I guess, the major gay porn studios seem to be competing to see who can be, like, the most Aryan recruiters out there. I just feel like... so many of us got broken by high school with an obsession for, like, normalcy and why can't I be regular. Right. Uh, and I think as things chill out and get better at that stage in homosexuality, people will have um, more chilled out but also probably grosser taste in porn <laughs> as time goes on. Like, things are pretty <laughs> yeah. Presbyterian right now. Oh, one, right. Of my, one of my favorite moments ever was when um, I was watching Sean Cody, and one of the guys had um, a tattoo of the outline of the state of Iowa on his side, and I was like, that's a bit redundant. We got it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like recruitment center headquarters. Yes. I've seen photos of every one of Lady Gaga's albums tattooed onto a gay porn star. <laughs> It's like a rite of passage for her. Yes. Is that her album is this, it's not like certified platinum. It's like certified tattooed to a gay porn star. Um, when they showed the like clips from Call Me By Your Name at the Golden Globes, I realized each and every one of the lines that were said, I will eventually see tattooed on the body of a gay man. <laughs> um, and. You know, it's like it, it like it is funny to be old enough to have that perspective. And honestly, when um what was Beyonce's first secret album called? Anyway, when Pretty Beyonce. When Pretty Hurts came out, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna see that on a lot of faggots. <laughs> um but like uh even they were self circumspect enough to understand that that's a bit arrogant. <laughs> Yeah, it's only Beyonce can say that. Yeah. I'd like to think that the gay community still recognizes that you can't compare yourself in the same plane as Beyonce. They do, though. I mean, crystal meth is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very true. Um, so we uh, we took your list of things that, that you hate and a few other things that we also hate, and we're going to randomize the list and just pull from a hat, and by hat, I mean a random list maker that I Googled, and then let's talk about it. All right. Let's pick an item. Mexican food in New York was one of your items. I don't know that it's appropriate to even call it that. (laughs) I don't understand what's going on. Like, I would, and I would so frequently, 
like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football, I would so frequently be like, hey, this place seems like it might know what's going on. And it, it just always is a fucking mess and it's insane. And I don't understand why. I have caught myself eating Mexican food in New York and and been like, oh, this tastes like my mom used to make. Yes. No, <laughs> exactly. She's a white lady from uh, the Midwest. And what's so strange is that so frequently the people running the restaurants are immigrants themselves. I don't like, are they not from Mexico? Are they from bad parts of Mexico? I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's just that like... Mexican food in California is such a wonderful thing that I've been able to rely on the whole time that I was here. Where there, I just have to accept, like, no, don't even try. They will put lettuce on a quesadilla. Like, (laughs) you just need to accept that this is a different place and you should get Jamaican food instead. Yeah, okay. Straight people calling gay men immature. Um, It happens less now, but it, it was like... But I think it implicitly happens a lot. Like, that when straight people are like, oh, why do they have to be like that? So frequently, um, like, the joke they loved to make about 10 years ago was about how our pride parade just showed the worst parts of being gay or all of that. And But particularly the notion of, like, uh, construing our sexuality or our sexual behavior as immature, um, like, A, it is rooted in, like, bad 60s Freudian criticism of of what being gay is about, but also, fuck you. You built a world where we couldn't have sexualities until much right. later than you. Fuck you. We're having to figure this out all on our own. We don't have established structures. And it makes me so, like, there's nothing more horrible than blaming someone for the results of their, like, structural oppression. But, like... Um, creating, a, like, they don't want to talk about the ways that they have made the world um, unsafe and unfair for gay people. They're not really excited about how, talking about how it was still illegal to be gay in 13 states 15 years ago. You know, um, they don't want to talk about what life was like for us as closeted teenagers, but they do want to say, like, ugh, why are they all shirtless? Why, why are these? Why don't they settle down? And it's like, oh, because the notion that gay people could get married was f- first ran by me when I was in law school. You know, <laughs> fuck you, fucker. Step the fuck back. Also, if you've ever been to a straight bar, like any collection of straight people is horrifying. Yes. It's like daycare with alcohol. Right. It's not the most mature scenario that I can imagine. Well, I mean, the the thing is, is that they're always able to say, well, that's not my scene. I don't go to clubs. The thing is, is like when you're 3% of the population, you have to consolidate your behaviors a little bit more. Also, fuck you. We're not scared of dancing. (laughs) Um, That's another thing that I do like to rant about that I did not include on the list. But um, (laughs) the racialized and sexualized problem of people being deeply critical of nightclubs and like nightclub going out that they're trying to say like I'm not one of those shallow assholes but really what they are saying is I am not black latino or gay you know and like these things that they are so closely associated with douchiness are like really things that that speak to just like different cultures of going out. I'm sorry I don't like going to a sad bar and playing pool for a while. The <laughs> lesbians do. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I never wanted like a shuffleboard bar. I mean, I do love it. Like at a at a pool place, I will prefer playing the little shuffle puck thing uh, to pool. I just get so scared that I will play pool with a straight guy who will get mad at me for not being good at pool. And it's like, I. <laughs> what a specific concern. No, like my first week at Berkeley, um, we played pool. I was out in, in the closet then, and my this other guy from my suite was my partner, and he was just getting so upset that I was fucking it up. And it was like, don't make me a part of this. <laughs> this is a game. I'm not going to take this seriously. This isn't pub trivia. Right. Which you do take seriously. God, yes. <laughs> Um, I, oh, can I complain about another thing? Yes. Um, having to manage politics at pub trivia 
is really hard. I had no idea this was a thing. Oh, okay. The thing is, is like, let's say your final round is you have to list the 10 countries with the longest coastlines, okay? (laughs) Somebody else at that table is going to be really insistent about things, and they're not going to be thinking about stuff like Norway has all those fjords, or an island is necessarily going to have longer coastlines, which means I so frequently end up having to be like, sure, sure, sure. You said Brazil. I guess we'll use that. Brazil actually may be one of the longest coastlines. The point is, is that I spend a lot of time humoring people. Right. Um, I have to humor people with their one answer so I can put the six that I know down and people will step the fuck back. And I am a domineering and and not super collaborative uh Pop trivia player, that but I'm also me. an asset. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more. The unimagined. This is a lot to unpack. The unimaginative structuring of sex act escalation in gay porn. It's depressing that we, a creative people, <laughs> when people need costumes, when people need um, compelling flower arrangements for their weddings or premiere parties. Who do they come to? They come to us. But when we are constructing art for ourselves, by which I mean pornography, oh, kissing, 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 remove shirts, remove shirts, one guy blows other guy, blow, 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 maybe other guy blows him, um, maybe there is some wetting of fingers and then fingering, and then the fucking from behind begins, and then the fucking from on top. Like, it's... Just, we need to challenge ourselves. Right. Like, if we got a gay president in the same way that um, John F. Kennedy said we will go to the moon by the end of the 60s, I would like to see somebody, (laughs) like, challenge us to be able to, you know, vary those things up a little more or just sort of, like, see things that we weren't expecting and I mean, and that's the trouble is that like everything is nicely labeled now. So if you have something that is a little bit off the reservation, it is probably listed in the title of uh, <laughs> the thing. But I just wish we could, um, you know, not just go through things in the same fashion every time. There was a brief blip uh, in the form of right in front of my salad. Uh, I don't know if you you know are familiar. I'm very familiar with right in front of my salad. Yeah, and I do like that we are getting that you are seeing more narrative stuff. I would like to see more narrative that was pulled from the actual lives of gay guys. Like, <laughs> a high school football locker room is all well and good. Uh, but I saw one. Um, it was from Falcon Studios, and it was just called Burbank. And it was um, twinks who were auditioning for something, and the casting director was, like, a big muscly guy, and he would always end up fucking them. And I was like, yes! Um, I recently tweeted this, but it is now more like a political cause than anything else. I want to see a porn that is set in the bus of a touring company of Wicked. I want to see flying monkeys fucking each other. I want to be excited when Fierro shows up. Um, and the thing about, I like that right in front of my salad gave personality. Right. But I do hate the fact that gay men always feel the need to place personality in the hands of a woman in media for ourselves. We've all seen the Eating Out series. Um, you know, uh, have you seen Trick? No. Oh my God, you're so young, Matt Bellisai. <laughs> I'm sorry. It makes me sad to know that there are important pieces of our culture I'll that, look it up. that you're not familiar with. It's a, there was a brief period of time, 1998 to 1999, uh-huh. when they thought that they could make low-budget gay romantic comedies from the studios right. um, and release them and have them be successful. And they were very wrong. Right. But we made a movie called Trick, where um, a young Tori Spelling plays the sassy, um, self-absorbed friend of one of the gay guys. Right. Um, also, neither of the gay guys in the movie are played by gay guys. Of course of not. Of course not. But that Tory spelling as, um, you know, bigger than life fag hag, like maybe if, like having that important is fine, but I would also maybe like to see some character and personality from some of those flying monkeys who are right. getting fucked in that tour bus. Yeah. Let them eat the salad. Yes. <laughs> Literally. I think we should end on that. My, the one question I didn't get to ask you, because I ask everybody this, is are you the father of Mindy Kaling's baby? Oh, what a wonderful question. Uh, I am not, but I have had to ask that question of other people. Um, <laughs> oh. Um, there was, the thing is, is she, like, um, 
she, one of the things she specifically asked of us was like, if, if people engage you in this conversation, please just dismiss it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm asking it. But um, at one point in time, um, one of my coworkers is an astoundingly funny, sophisticated, talented gay man by the name of Christopher Schleicher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did at one point in time finally just text him and say like, wait, you're not. <laughs> and he was like, no. So I can remove both myself and Chris. Okay, good to so, know. Also, We're dwindling the list down. Matt, can I be certain where all of my cum is gone? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't keep records. That's true. Yeah. Well, I look forward to finding out the answer to this question. We will get it one day. Yes. Eventually. Where, before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? People can find me on social media. I am at Guy Branham. Or they can watch Talk Show The Game Show on True TV every Thursday at 10.30. Or they can listen to my podcast, Pop Rocket, where I and a panel of other people, none of whom are heterosexual white men, talk about pop culture. Or they can buy my book, which is coming out this fall and doesn't have a title yet. Love, Guy. Thank you so much for coming, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help the bad shit go down, the things that make all this garbage shit worth it. Barry, what's your chaser this week? My chaser is something that is happening tonight with you. You and I are going to see... The SpongeBob musical, Will We Survive? I don't know, but I have a feeling it's going to really help all the bad shit just go down. <laughs> or it'll make the bad shit way worse. So much worse. <laughs> because we bought tickets that are right up against the stage, and I'm going to see SpongeBob's face in my face. And I I hope he spits on me. I texted <laughs> you that. For the amount we're paying in tickets, I want SpongeBob's saliva on my face. Hopefully he doesn't have the mumps. I hope he does. (laughs) Matt, what's your chaser this week? My chaser is fucking treating yourself every day to some spa treatment. You know what I mean? Do you know the amount of creams and lotions I put on my face? Like, at least five. (laughs) But I have my, like, ritual, and every morning I get into that spa mood where I shower. I put on a nice robe, nice nice terry cloth. Oh, so not the kimono that I spent hundreds of dollars on for you? (laughs) A kimono is not, I don't think of a kimono. You don't want to get that wet in the bathroom. Yeah. That's not good. That's why, yeah, a kimono is like an after dinner. You're sitting on the couch with your butt out. A robe is post- shower and then you put on your serum you put on your under eye cream you put on your acne cream <laughs> you put on you put on uh your moisturizer you put on your tinted moisturizer you put on your ingrown hair cream <laughs> you you put on all your creams and then you you sit on the couch for like 30 minutes just staring up at the sky because you can't touch anything because everything you touch, then it has a thin layer of grease on it. You try opening a doorknob? I don't think so. You're stuck. But for that 30 minutes that you're stuck, it's heavenly. It's just like a spa. So fucking treat yourself. Go to fucking Dwayne Reed. Spend like $10 on the cheapest moisturizers and slather it up. Because that's what I do. Except I don't buy that cheap shit. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Gwynn, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Jess Hackle, Maddie Sprunkheiser, and Mark and Julian at the Invisible Studios. Music by Hans Dale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye.
Oh, I have to tell you something. I'm sorry. Um, I, for a period of time, had to work on the television program Punked. And I have to tell you, there's I hate nothing more than pranks. It's so stupid. It is such a straight guy thing to be like, I was mean to you, but now we are friends again because we are both dudes. <laughs> Where I feel like, um, I, I, like straight guys were always yelling at me for doing things that like I didn't even realize were bad. And I just feel like the female or gay guy equivalent of pranks is just talking shit about people and I hate that we live in a world where we can't have fashion police anymore. <laughs> yeah. 